Hey guys, welcome to Hey Guys, an internet obsessed podcast. I am your host, Amanda Haska, and today I am joined by Matt Bellisa. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. So first things first, let's just get right into it. You have a book yeah. that is out for the world to consume. It's Everything is awful. Everything is awful which, and other observations. Which everything is kind of awful. Yeah. I love that you've kind of made a brand about like bitching about things and like drinking wine. Like that's <laughs> yeah. like pretty. Those are the highlights. And, and I, because I feel like it's something that everybody does, but mm -hmm. you've like made a brand of it. So yeah. tell me about the book, kind of tell me about how it came together. Yeah. Well, I'd always wanted to write a book. That was like the one thing that I knew. Uh, I wanted to do and that seemed like I could do because I went to journalism school and like was trained right. as a classical writer. <laughs> um, now, journalism school, I, I had professors like threw my papers across the room. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I've i always enjoyed writing and I remember I, there a class my senior year of high school I thought was a really good paper and I had a teacher tell me it wasn't and I like bawled. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> See, I am, this is like, I'm humble bragging. Um, <laughs> but I remember my professor was like, I know you're better than this and like I could tell you didn't try on this uh. and I was like, you're right and I hate you because you're right. But I had almost the same experience with when I was writing the proposal for the okay. book I like there was a couple pieces that I was like really proud of and I put a lot of work into and then a couple that weren't that great and I knew they weren't great mm -hmm. and I went into and talked to my uh, the person who was trying to like sell the proposal and she she was like this garbage and I know you're better than this and I like cried in her like, office oh, damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um it's good because that means there's people being like we know you're better right. and you just have to put in the work and then I did and then it turned out to be better and they were right <laughs> um but yeah the book is is about I say it's like all of the awkward moments uh, that made me the like grumpy, cynical person that I am. Mm -hmm. So it's all of my like everything from the last time I peed in my pants, okay. which was surprisingly a very long time ago. I've kept it together <laughs> since then. All the way to um, when I won a People's Choice Award and they uh, showed the wrong person on TV when oh they handed God. it out. Oh my God. And just all of my most embarrassing, awkward moments. See, but I feel like I feel like that is something that happens a lot in the entertainment industry where people are always like mislabeled or whatever. And it's not, I think it has nothing to do, it has everything to do with the people who are in charge of that. Because yeah. like, you guys are being lazy and like not double checking and not, yeah. I mean, I've definitely had my, you know, um, issues where you like misspell something or whatever, but yeah. like that's on them. Like don't let right. that get you down. That's like on them in there. Oh yeah, lazy. no, no. I, I, yeah, there are some stories where it's like, it's all on me, right. the awkwardness. And then the other ones are just, I'm like a, an awkward observer <laughs> and caught in the middle of it. Yeah. But like, of course it would happen to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that, that screw up. I was like, that's your fault. Yeah. yeah. Were there any other kind of like books or anything that you read for like inspiration for your own book? Yeah, I am. I just I love comedy books. I love um, funny writers. I mean, like the obvious comedy people are like David Sedaris mm -hmm. and um, David Rakoff is another really funny guy. Um, I talk a lot about Nora Ephron. Oh. I just love all of her essays. I like identify with her you know, neck rolls and... <laughs> <laughs> Have you read, there's a new book out about 
I think, I got it. It's called I'll Have What She's Having. Have you heard of it or have you read it? Uh, I don't think, it, it wasn't written by her, obviously, but it was written by, I think it's about like the making of When Harry Met Sally. When Harry Met Sally. And it's supposed to be really, really good. My friend no, I'll have to it. read it. Yeah. It sounds really good. But yeah, it I sounds just, like you'd be up your alley. <laughs> yeah. No, I love, I, I write a little bit about like her in the book and how I like lived on the Upper West Side for a little while because like I just wanted to like be, be like her. Nora Ephron. <laughs> yeah. I like lived down the street from the apartment that she lives in, or she lived in, which was like 15 grand a month or something. Oh and I lived in like a tiny little studio apartment. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is me living like Nora. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then I died. I died in that apartment. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's, Nora was a big inspiration. Um, David Sedaris, Tina Fey, Amy I've, Poehler, I've like read all Bossy those. Pants. Yeah. 12 times. Yeah. Uh, Bossy Pants was like one of my favorite books. I like, yeah, I mean, I think it's easy sometimes for people who like have a following or to just to like crap out stories mm -hmm. and it's like people will find it interesting because they think you're interesting. But I was like, I want to like write funny things that are funny in their own right, mm -hmm. not just because you might know who I am. Mm -hmm. uh, so hopefully I did that. Is we'll there a, yeah? Is there a story that, because I'm sure there are a few that didn't make the cut, but is there one that um, you maybe wish would have made the cut, like a little bit more? Like what's something that kind of was on the cutting room floor, so to speak? I so there's a few stories that I told as part of like my stand up act last year that I wish I had written into the book because now I'm trying to figure out like how. Do I just never tell those again? Yeah, yeah. But I tell the stories of the three times that I've thrown up from drinking, which is only three. I'm very That's proud. It? I think oh people gosh. assume that I'm like such a mess that I probably barf all the time. I got it down to three times. Oh the God. last time I ever threw up was like Barack Obama's first term. Wow. I made it through a whole second term. Now, now. I was going to say, there's probably going to be a lot more puking going on. Right. There's just constant vomiting now. <laughs> no, but it was, it was, there was a BuzzFeed party and uh, I, uh, it was an open bar and I. Oh, look at you. It was when I first moved to New York and I thought it was a normal thing to go to a bar in New York and order a Long Island iced tea. Oh my God. <laughs> Which not most, like, most haven't... bartenders in New York will be like, no, I'm not going to make you that. <laughs> That's like, what is what is that other drink, the blue drink? It's like an adios motherfucker. Have you heard of those? No. Those are pretty similar. It, where it's just like nine kinds of alcohol in one drink. Yeah. Nobody should drink any of those things. Right. And I, I thought that was a normal thing. And I started ordering them. Don't follow my example, but it was an open bar, mm -hmm. and there was one of those bars where it had like two two separate areas mm -hmm. that you could order drinks. So I'd have to like alternate mm -hmm. so the bartenders wouldn't like <laughs> know when I was coming every five minutes. Yeah. And then I started asking other people at the party to be like, "Can you just go order me a Long Island iced tea so they don't see me again?" And yeah, that night my boss asked me. We lived down the street from one another, and he asked if I wanted to share a cab back home, and I was mm -hmm. like, "No, bad idea." I will vomit on you. Yeah. And I said, somehow I made it back home and then I threw up in bed, which is a disaster. You know what? That's better than throwing up on your boss. Uh, true. In retrospect, I, like I should have barfed scenario. on him. Best case scenario is at least you were home in your own <laughs> environment. Speaking. I guess so. I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't recommend oh, barfing yeah. in bed. It's all about, uh, it's just the worst. That sounds like, I, the first time I ever drank, I threw up, which is so funny to me when people are like, I've never thrown up. I'm like, the first time I ever did it, I. Yeah. No, don't overindulge I mean... kids. This is why they say to drink responsibly because you puke and you feel Yeah, awful. it's not a good feeling. It's really There not. are some people who are like, well, there are some people who who immediately feel better. Oh yeah, um, and can like rally, puke and rally. Well, yeah, I wouldn't suggest that, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just I just hate that sensation so much. So that's why it was always the all three times that I have thrown up from drinking have been such disasters is because I always like deny that it's yeah. it's gonna happen until it's actually happening. I'm jealous you can actually like count. Like I wish I was like I've only done it like four times. Or yeah. Like well, I've also been on the like friend side where you mm. have to deal with the person who's like slipped and fell right. in their own puke. Oh, God. Real story. <laughs> that happened. Oh uh, my God. We won't Nancy. Names, I went to but... school with her. Oh, okay. So it's a her. <laughs> um, what do you think was like the hardest part about writing the book? Would you say? I, I feel like I knew the stories that I wanted to tell. It's just like, Writing a book is, there's like nobody, nobody's really helping you. Yeah. I mean, you have an editor and mm -hmm. like there's people who are weighing in and things like that. But like at the end of the day, you just have to sit down and like write a book. And like, there, I feel like, yeah, there's probably so much up here. Yeah. But to get it out and to have it be cohesive and funny. Right. And like yeah. people, something that people want to like consume is, that seems kind of daunting. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's a lot. It's not, I think I am still in like college mode where mm -hmm. I'm like, I can put it off until the night before <laughs> and you can't do that yeah, with yeah, a book. Yeah. You have to, unless, unless you want a really crappy book. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it's, it was just like forcing myself to sit down and do it mm -hmm. was hard. I know that's, uh, that's gotta be one of the hardest parts of writing because there is, yeah, there's no one really necessarily holding your hand or, yeah. you know, like you kind of have to be your own boss in that sense. Yeah. No, I'm terrible at being my own boss. Now that I've gone through it, I've, I said, I like, I know for the next book Round that two, I write, yeah. yeah, that like, I need to tell my editor, like, I'm a, I'm a piece of shit and mm -hmm. you need to call me every day and make sure I'm not sleeping and I'm not right. taking a nap and I'm actually right. Cause this, my editor was great and she was, but she was the nicest person. And I was like, you should be angrier at me right yeah. now. You should not be smiling at me. And I, she probably has dealt with worse, you know, that's the thing. It's like, I think she, she was just like pleased that I could write a sentence. Right. Like, <laughs> Oh, you actually can write. Right. Like, that's a good start. <laughs> so she was like, yeah, this is it's a great start. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, every tiny little thing that I was able to put together, she was like, nice. Um, so the cover art is really funny. How did you kind of were there other options that you thought of first? Like, what was that process like? Yeah, the publisher was great. It's uh, Keywords Press, Atria, it's under Simon & Schuster, and they work with a lot of, like, internet people who mm -hmm. know, like, we know our audience really well, and, you know, so they so gave they me a bunch of say. they were going to make you say. do some weird headshot, like, <laughs> like a Oh, there's some of those, too. Oh, really? I like my, my author photo is an homage to Nora Ephron, and I'm wearing, like, a turtleneck that oh I pull God, over I my face that's that. in the flap of the book. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I was, like, I just love the idea. I, a, I'm, like, eating pasta and, mm -hmm. like, fast food all the time, and, like, the visual of me eating and, like, dropping food and yep. being messy and brand. playing around with it. Yeah. So authentic. Yeah. Everyone loves authenticity. So initially <laughs> I was, I was really into the idea of spaghetti and eating spaghetti. Um, 
because who isn't? Mm -hmm. uh, and so we filmed like, or we took a bunch of pictures of, with things with food. And the the one where I'm, I have like the French fry fangs, mm -hmm. which is what made the cover of the book. Was that like, did someone like tell you like, put like French yeah. fries? In? Okay, like <laughs> someone like directed you to do that. Yeah, and like I, I was like, fine. And yeah. it ended up, I think, being one of the funnier pictures. Yeah. And even though I really like the spaghetti one, that one is now on the back cover. Okay. So there's a lot I was of food. Say, did you get to like keep all the con like the contact sheet and stuff? You can like frame some of the ones that didn't make the cover <laughs> um, or something. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's like thousands of pictures that we took that day where uh, I had to shove like cold leftover food into my face mm. and uh, wear a variety of plaid shirts that yeah. they put me in, all of which they had to cut open in the back to fit my body. Oh my That's gosh. always a great ego boost. Oh my gosh. <laughs> when they're like, that shirt doesn't quite fit. Let's just cut it open in the oh back. My God. Well, that's <laughs> Tina Fey talks about that. I think like yeah. in bossy bands and stuff where they have like duct tape her. Right. Into Every professional and... photo of any person that you see it's there's someone yeah. behind them like holding their skin together <laughs> it's not yeah it happens to everybody um what would you say is your favorite chapter or, like favorite part of the book i like the one that um we published the excerpt of it already so people can read it um it's about me my like coming out story and coming out in college and how i fell in love with my best friend and hid in his literal closet oh it's gosh. very poetic yeah uh, and insane. <laughs> yeah. Well, break it down a little bit. I, I came across the headline. Right. And as, as my sister once said, we always say this about internet things, where you're like, oh, I saw that, but I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. So I read it, but I didn't read it. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, that's fine. You get the gist of it I was like, I'm going to get, he's going to come talk to me about it. Yeah. Like, I don't need him to, I don't need to read it. He will tell me. I'll get well, the first full, account. The full story is in the book from, like, coming out, as when I was a kid, and but um, yeah, like discovering that I was gay mm -hmm. as a kid, th which I blame on like Calvin Klein ads. Yeah, it's Marky Mark's fault that I'm gay. <laughs> uh, I <get> but it. <laughs> in college, it was uh, I had like my straight best friend who I like fell in love with, and then um, yeah, like as a prank, I hid in his closet, and then one night he brought a girl over. <laughs> um, they discovered me right away. Oh my didn't, God. Okay, like okay, get okay, out okay. of hand. Um, but yeah, that was like a, a awkward moment because yeah. I was like friends with both of them and they yeah. were trying to like hide their relationship. And then I was like this giant ass weirdo in their closet and uh, yeah, burst out. Well, see, I feel like it's all, like, there are tons of moments that everybody has in their life where you're like, I want to die. Like this is the most embarrassing thing. I will never recover from this. This is it. Like, this is the thing that kills me. Yeah. This is the worst thing that's ever happened. And more often than not, you're over it. You're able to overcome it somehow. Yeah. And hopefully laugh at it. And I think the more awkward moments you have like that, the more you're able to, like, maybe when you're in the moment, be like, okay, like, I'll be able to laugh at this right. soon enough. But, right. I mean, I could see how that would just be, like, devastating. Like, where you're like, I'm just going to go jump off a bridge. Like, this is just... There's just so many... I mean, worse. like, everything. There was one... I don't think I, I wrote about this in the book, but uh, when I first moved to New York, I went out to brunch with my friends, Bottomless Brunch in New York, and uh, got very drunk, and it was in the middle of winter, and I went to the subway, hit the first step of the subway platform, and uh, slipped... And, slid the entire way like cleared the landing yeah, yeah. in the middle 
And I just <laughs> like, and it's in New York, so people are just like stepping over your corpse lying on oh the ground. God. They're like, and, that's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like those, I've had so many of those, like everything from like slipping and falling like that, where you're like, my life might as well. I like wish yeah. that I died on the way down. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like you just have to laugh at it. Mm -hmm. It's only going to get worse. Exactly. And I think one thing with life too is everyone is so consumed and concerned with like, oh my God, what does this person think? Or this person noticed this and they're probably judging me. But like everybody else is having that same internal monologue. Yeah. So no one is paying attention to you. They're just paying attention to what you think. You know, like, so no one's actually, it's never as big of a deal as you think it's going to be. Right. Type of thing. Yeah. But. I, I was listening to another podcast um, recently. One of my favorite ones is called Bitch Sesh. Have you ever heard mm-hmm. So June Diane Raphael, who's hysterical, she's on like Grace and Frankie and all this stuff. She was talking about how thing how she gets through certain things, and she just says, "I'm not going to take that on." Like the emotional <laughs> weight of certain situations. Like yeah. apparently her car got stolen from her driveway. Like, and she was just like. I'm not going to take that on. I mean, that you kind of have to deal with. <laughs> well, but you, I think she means, like, emotionally. Right, you right. You know what I mean? Like, she's going to be like, this is too bad, and you're going to do things to remedy it or to fix it. Right. But you're not going to take on take on the emotional weight of it. And yeah. And I loved that. Because it's yeah. like, you know, you can have these situations happen to you where, you know, they could feel, like, emotionally crushing, and you're like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to ever get through this? But there are certain times where you kind of need to prioritize and carpet... Um, compartmentalize things and just go, I'm not going to take that on. Yeah. I'm not going to deal with that right now. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, I mean, there's some, I don't know, what is, there's one saying that's like, it's not like what happens, how you react to what happens, whatever. Some zen bullshit. (laughs) Seriously. Um, (laughs) But it's true. So you have your own podcast, Unhappy Hour, correct? Yeah. And you had none other than Christy Carlson Romano. I did, yeah. We went to her house. How did that come together? Because I was obsessed with even Stevens. Yeah, I I work with some great producers um, who uh, were like, we're getting Christy Carlson Romano. (laughs) We just love her. And I was like, so do I, let's do it. Um, And she was super excited. Uh, She's a wino, she loves some wine. Yeah. I feel like she's, is she like, what's she up to? She is um, getting into like directing oh, okay. and yeah, like behind the scenes stuff too. Um, but yeah, she's like living her life, doing her thing. That. So she she was cool. It was nice. Yeah. Uh, did you like have a fangirl moment at all, or are you like? I mean, you've met Harry Styles, so I feel like once you meet Harry Styles, like right. any other person you meet, I'd be like, hey. Like, I think the cares? only person now who who would like shatter my world is Beyonce. Oh, I don't really? know if, what I would do or say around her. I met Beyonce's husband. Uh, okay. Great guy. I don't. Sean is his name, and <laughs> he he was nice. Yeah. <laughs> I have a friend. So my old roommate, this girl I used to live with, um, like a family friend of hers has a daughter who's Blue Ivy's age and they go to school together and they're friends. Yeah. And so she like hangs out with Beyonce and my old roommate has gone to birthday parties where like Beyonce and Blue Ivy were there and I'm just like, 
like hearing Beyonce sing happy birthday to like a child. Yeah. I, what do you even do? I, I've often said that if I was body. ever in a room with Beyonce, I would set myself on fire <laughs> so she would have no choice but to like at least glance at me. And it would be a memorable experience. I feel like she would at least right. remember who you were. Right, if you yeah. Met her again, you'd be like, remember I right. was on fire? Right, when she we're like comes together. to the hospital and visits me in my body <laughs> cast, she'll be like, I remember you. I wish you would, I... I like miss her. I feel like I'm yeah, so we, distant from her. <laughs> I feel like she hasn't done this interview. She's just like posting like Instagram collages. Of like her outfits. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like I haven't connected with her. She does have like twin babies now that I, she does. I sometimes forget are yes. out there in the world. But I feel like she hasn't done an interview. I don't think she does years. many interviews. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> I, I, which I love, like, I aspire Respect to that model it, yeah. where it's just like, you hear from me when I want you to hear from right. me. Yeah. But at the when same I time. When I decide to drop an album in the middle of nowhere. Right. But at the same time, I feel like with the way celebrity culture is now, people are so accessible. Yeah. I get what she's doing and I understand it. But at the same time, it's like. I don't know. I just feel, like I said, I feel distant from her. I feel like, <laughs> like, what's going on with you? As like, we, we all should. It's <sighs> like, she's on Mount Olympus and she comes down when she wants us to know about her. But she is a god and we are mortals. She is. Are you, do you want to see her at Coachella or do you have any plans? To see her um, I don't have any plans to see her anytime soon, okay. but one day we'll be in the same room. Have you seen her perform? Um, yeah, a couple times. Okay. I saw her concert when it was just the uh, Mrs. Carter okay. tour. And then um, there was a title concert in Brooklyn mm. that I went to um, with a friend who had a, a relative who was on the board of something, yeah, yeah, something. Yeah. So, and then they were like, we're going to go in and to like meet her husband. Mm. I'm only referring to him as, as Mr. Mr. Knowles. Yeah, Mr. Um, Knowles. So you had Chrissy Carlson, Romano. Are there any other like dream kind of guests, whether they be former Disney Channel stars or <laughs> something, something else? I mean, my big, my my big goal is Harry Styles. Okay. At this point, it's got to happen. Have you heard his girl crush? cover i have oh my god i like listen to it every day yeah it's, so good. it's on my spotify it's I the only Harry. song i have saved <laughs> I, sh I just play that You're like when i pull up my spotify it's just that one song yeah um yeah i his show was so great yeah. i was like i get weirdly emotional at concerts mm -hmm. it's just like being in a room full of people who are like screaming at this person on stage who they like don't like actually know experience. right but everyone is like in the same and his fans are like really they like do all this stuff like bring in at some point everyone like reached under and this and there were like butterflies or like not paper butterflies yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all set like monarch butterflies uh no uh but they like do all <laughs> this like weird stuff that is is like really kind of beautiful mm -hmm. yeah so you were into One Direction, I assume. Like, I how was. did you? It started as a joke, and then it became real. I, my sister and I, my younger sister and I, were both very into One Direction, and there was like a, a meme basically that was like, "I just wanted to know their names." Like that's like how your obsession starts, where you <laughs> yeah. kind of like see them, and you're like, "Who are these guys?" Okay, I'm just gonna like Google them. And you're like, "Who is who?" Yeah. And then it just like, and then you become 
insanely obsessed. Right. I yeah, I mean, I feel like I started on, like, just, like, getting into the internet, like, internet culture, like, Tumblr right, and right. that type of thing. When I was a senior in college, like, I didn't really, like, I honestly, I don't know what people did on the internet before, like, five years ago. <laughs> I don't like, remember what, what I doing? did. I, watching like old YouTube videos, oh, I guess. Right. Um, but when I like realized that Tumblr was a whole thing and like BuzzFeed was a thing, mm -hmm. um, I started seeing pictures of One Direction. I was like, who are these twinks? Where mm -hmm. did they come from? Mm -hmm. And then it was just like, you just get like inundated with mm -hmm. stuff. That's why, like, I don't know how the, like, back when the Beatles were, right. you know, at their height, it's like, you had to, like, buy a magazine. Oh, you had to, like, really work Or watch for them, it. yeah, on, like, a late night show. Yeah. But now it's just, like, you don't, you don't stand a chance. Right. Like, you can't turn around. They're just there in front of you. Yeah. You have, um, there's no escape. <laughs> that's funny. Well, that's how we were talking earlier, and I, because I used to work a little bit with their publicist, and I did not even know who they were before he, like, pitched me them and was like, hey, so... I'm working with this new group, like, blah, blah, blah. They're huge. And I was like, sure, okay. <laughs> and then so, okay. like, slowly but surely, you kind of realize, like, oh, they're massive. They're yeah. insanely huge. Um, so have you, I mean, obviously you're a pretty funny person. Have you always been into comedy? Slash, like, when did you kind of realize, like, oh, I am good at making people laugh? Like, I've always felt like I could be funny, but it wasn't, I don't think I realized I could make a like living out of it until like the past few years, um, past like five years where I was like, oh yeah, there aren't like, you can grow up and you don't have to be like a firefighter of a veterinarian. Like, <laughs> like those are the, <laughs> yeah. It's just like when you're a kid, that's just what you think. Um, but yeah, no, I, I've, I've always, I've always liked laughing and making people laugh and, yeah, but it's only recently where I was like, oh, I could, like, do this. Mm -hmm. Who were, like, growing up, what kind of com Were you, like, into Saturday Night Live? Like, was... I feel like that's, like, people our age, that's, like, a really big touchstone of, right, like, right. comedy. But what kind of... I always feel like I, I, like, don't stack up to... When I read books by comedians or, like, about comedians who are, like, I grew up taping Saturday Night Live, mm -hmm. like, every week and watching it every day. Because I was never like that. My, I feel like my experience with comedy was watching sitcoms, like oh, Friends, okay. Everybody Loves Raymond, which <laughs> gets a bad rap. I'll defend it. But just as, like, a guy who grew up in, like, the suburbs in yeah. the Midwest, like, that was the sort of comedy that I was exposed to that I don't think I thought, like, oh, this is comedy. Like, yeah, yeah. people are working behind the scenes and, like, writing these jokes. Right. Um, so that's why it was always... It, Oh, comedy always felt like, oh, that's just a thing that, like, is, like, a side effect mm -hmm. of something else. Mm -hmm. It's not, like, a thing that people actively do. Right. Uh, but it is. Were you into, like, stand-up comedy? Like Not really as, like, a kid. Okay. Um, yeah. Because it sounds like you've done a little bit yourself. Yeah, yeah. Now I do. Now I do. Yeah. Um, I and always now... seem so daunting. Like, yeah. Because there's one thing about, like, improv. You have other people to, like, bounce off of. But, like, stand-up comedy just you right it's just you and you're up there and you're it's often yeah. bad yeah 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 <laughs> um no I mean the the crazy thing about it is that you can tell the same exact joke 10 times and get a different reaction every single mm -hmm. time like there's really no way to know how it's gonna go right until it's you're in the middle of it yeah. um so yeah it's it's 
exciting, no. but terrifying. No. So you also have your own wine. So let's say you're going to be eating a meal with your wine. Yeah. Describe to me like in detail what is like the perfect meal to enjoy with your wine. And like how would you make it like really just like be detailed. <laughs> My, I mean, the wine, it's sold out now. It was limited a dish okay. uh, and that now it's sold out. So. Which is all good. But like let's say magically you happen upon a bottle somehow. Right. Um, Let's see, uh, hot macaroni and cheese with part, like tin foil still baked into it. You have to like taste the aluminum okay. uh, when you're eating it. Um, broken up Snickers bar, it's drizzled over the top of it. Chocolate syrup, a scoop of vanilla ice cream, whipped cream on top of it. All this is all one dish. Mm -hmm. On um, top of the macaroni and cheese. Right, um, meatloaf. Underneath um, the mac and cheese? Or? No, this is all, the okay. mac and cheese is the base. Okay. Um, a sprinkle of Hamburger Helper uh, seasoning, just the seasoning. <laughs> uh, let's see, what else? Um, beef sautéed with peas and onions. Okay. This is just the trifle that, fr <laughs> that say, Rachel made um, in Friends. <laughs> a jam with whatever, da, da, da. What right. Anyway, I like hear it in my head, but I know. Yeah, ladyfingers, uh, <laughs> whipped cream, yes. beef sautéed with peas and onions. Yes. Um, yeah. It goes great with everything. That's Mostly nice. because it was a red blend that I think was every type of red wine blended together. <laughs> I mean, is Ina Garden says how bad can that be? Uh, I don't think Ina Garden would have liked it. <laughs> oh my God. It was more a, a drunk's wine. Yeah. It was like, just drink it. Hey, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, um, that's how I drink wine. So what are some things, your book is called Everything is Awful. What are some, what are like two or three things that you think are just like awful right now? Now I'm in like Halloween mode and I just, I'm, I'm already sick of Halloween. Yeah. I hate Halloween. I've yeah. always hated Halloween. I have, uh, it's just exhausting. There's so much pressure for no reason. Right. There's no payoff. Right. It's just pressure. When you're, at least when you were younger, you're like, yes, I get candy. Right. Now it's like, I am an adult. I can go buy candy. Yeah. I don't need to go door to door asking right. for it. Right, right. And now it's, you have to give out the candy. Yes. I live in an a, apartment building in New York and they yeah. send an email to everybody saying like, give out candy to the yeah. kids. I'm like, no, that's extortion. Yeah. I have to spend <laughs> my money on these children who I don't know in my own apartment building. Oh my God. Um, okay, so I mean, aside from the book, so you have everything is awful, you have unhappy hour. What else is kind of like cooking? What else is flowing? I know people always have like, secretive things they can't talk about but what what can we expect from you soon well now i'm going on my book tour Ooh. and i'll be all around um so some are our book signings you know the standard kind of book tour stuff but most cities i'm doing a live show like a live stand-up show and people get you get the book and i'll sign it and i'll meet everybody and perform my stand-up show I love so it. That's, and I'm going to like 27 cities. You're going to be busy. It's going to be insane You're and exhausting. Be and I'll, busy. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, that's coming up. We'll get all your Harry Styles music on cue yeah. on Spotify. Because like, you're <laughs> right. going to be like doing a lot of traveling. Right, and... right. And then, yeah, after that, I assume uh, I'll just be, uh, I'll be a housewife, <laughs> a trophy wife. Yeah, that sounds ideal, honestly. Yeah. Um, and 2017, I feel like, has been a big year for you. So, like, obviously, you have a book coming out. Are there any other, like, highlights you could think of that, like, were big moments for you? Um, 
well, meeting Harry Styles. Styles. Right, right. <laughs> Let's just get that out of the way. Um, yeah, this year has been great. I My podcast launch, I've been excited about doing that for a while. I mean, there's just like, I feel like the book and the podcast were just things that I've wanted to do for so long. And yeah, now and they're here. Yeah. It's, only, it's all downhill for me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. No, it's true. No, this is it. I'm just going to ride it out. Oh. And uh it's been it's been well, fun. Well, see, you're just gonna do book two. There you go. Like, yeah, that's just, yeah. That's all that can come from it. I mean, yeah. I I, I feel like on. I learned a lot from writing the first one, yeah. and now I feel like armed and ready for the second one. Well, see, now in 2018, you can go out and live life and have more awkward experiences. Yeah. That will be so you can fill the pages of your second book. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's the weird thing is like, yeah, when you write about your life, it's like, oh, now I have Gotta to go, go live, like, live more life. Yeah. Before I can exhausting. write about more. It's exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so where can people get the book? Where can people listen to your podcast? Uh, plug, the, plug, plug. Yeah. The book will be everywhere. You can get it at uh, everythingisawfulbook.com. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can also get tour tickets there. And uh, the podcast is called Unhappy Hour. It's on all the places where podcasts are. And I'm on everything at Matt Bellisai. Oh, my gosh. Well, um, thank you so much for joining me. This thank was you for great. having me. It wasn't awful. It no, was no. It was awful. I think that's my dirty secret is that most things aren't awful. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Oh, my <laughs> God. I just ruined the whole book. <laughs> well, thanks again. And thank we'll you. see you guys next time.